The twenty-second book of Orlando Furioso. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Thomas Copeland. Orlando Furioso by Ludovico Ariosto. Translated by Sir John Harrington. Book twenty-two. The argument. Astolfo doth dissolve the charmed place, and spite of Atlant sets his prisoners free. Then Bradamant doth see Rogero's face. To help an unknown knight they craved be, but by the way Rogero in short space subdued four knights of worth and good degree, that were by Pinabel in prison hilled, whom Bradamant with just revengement killed. Ye courtly dames, that are both kind and true unto your loves, if kind and true be any, as sure I am in all your lovely crew of so chaste mind there are not over many. Be not displeased with this that doth ensue, for neither must I leave it, neither can I, and bear with me for that I said before, when on Gabrina I did rail so sore. Mine earnest words, nor yet her great offence, cannot obscure in honour and clear fame those few whose spotless lives want no defence, whom hate nor envy no way can defame. He that his master sold for thirty pence to John nor Peter breeds no blot nor blame, nor men of Hypermestra worse of thought, although her sisters were unchaste and not. For one that in this verse I shall dispraise, as driven by course of this my present story, whole hundreds are whom I intend to praise and magnify their well-deserved glory. If this then be offensive anyways, to all or any, I can be but sorry. Now of the Scottish prince a word or two, that heard a noise, and went forthwith thereto. Between two mountains in a shady dale he doth descend that where the noise him led. But when he came, he saw upon the vale a baron lately slain and newly dead. But ere I enter further in this tale, I first must tell you how Astolfo sped, whom late I left in that most cursed city, where women murder men without all pity. I told you how his horn, with mighty blast, not only all his foes had driven away, but also made his friends so sore aghast, as not the stoutest of them there durst stay. Therefore, I said, he was constrained at last, alone to get him homeward on his way. Forthwith, on Rubicano he doth mount, an horse of which he makes no small account. His horn that serves him still at all assays he carries with him, and his learned book. First by Armenia he goes his ways, then Brucia and the way of Thrace he took, so that within the space of twenty days the stream Danubio he quite forsook. Then from Bohemia word he doth decline unto Franconia and the stream of Rhine. Then through Ardenna's woods to Aquis' grave, and thence to Flanders, where he shipping found, what time a northeast wind did blow so brave as set him soon in sight of English ground, so that no whit annoyed with wind nor wave, his native soil received him safe and sound. He taketh horse, and ere the sun was down, at London he arrived, the chiefest town. Here, at his first arrival, straight he hears how that the Turks fair Paris did besiege, and how his sire, a man well stroke in years, was there and sent for aid to raise the siege, and how of late the lords and chiefest peers were gone with new supplies to help their liege. But little stay he makes, these words once hard, but taketh ship again to callous word. 
and for the wind served then not very well, they were by force thereof borne quite aside, so that the master scant himself could tell what course he held, they were borne down so wide, yet at the last so lucky it befell, within a kenning they some land had spied, and drawing near they found the town of Rhone, where presently the duke took land alone and crossing through a wood when time drew near, that neither day could well be called nor night, he happed to find a crystal spring and clear, and by the side thereof he did alight, with mind to quench his thirst and rest him here, as in a place of pleasure and delight. He ties his horse unto a tree, and thinketh to have him tarry safe there while he drinketh. Strange things may fall between the lip and cup, for scant Astolfo yet had wet his lip, but from a bush a villain started up, untied the horse, and on his back doth skip. The duke, that scant had tasted yet a sop, and finds himself thus tain in such a trip, forgets to drink, and follows in a rage, for wrath, not water, doth his thirst assuage. The little villain that the horse had got, like one that did in knavish pranks delight, although he might have run, yet did it not, because Astolfo should not lease his sight but with false gallop, or a gentle trot, he leads the duke unto that place aright where many knights and lords of high degree, without a prison, more than prisoners be. Astolfo, though his armor doth him cumber, yet fearing lest he might arrive too late, in following the villain doth not slumber until he came within the palace gate, where, as I said, of lords no little number were wandering up and down in strange estate. Astolfo of their presence doth not force, but runneth up and down to find his horse. The crafty villain was in no place found, though many a homely place for him was sought. Yet still the duke doth search the palace round, and for his beast he takes no little thought. At last he guessed it was enchanted ground, and as by Logestilla he was taught, he took his book, and searcheth in the table how to dissolve the place he might be able. And straight in the index for it he doth look, of palaces framed by such strange illusion. Among the rest, of this, so saith the book, that it should never come unto confusion until a certain stone away were took, in which a sprite was kept by strange inclusion. And if he did but lift the threshold stone, the goodly house would vanish and be gone. The duke, not doubting now of good success, goeth to the threshold where the stone was laid, and which it was he presently doth guess, and then by force to move it he essayed. But Atlant, that expected nothing less, and sees his bold attempt, was sore afraid, and straight an hundred means he doth devise to hinder him from this bold enterprise. He makes the duke, by this his devilish skill, to seem of diverse shapes unto the rest, to one a dwarf of face and favor ill, to one a giant, to a third a beast, and all their hearts with hatred he doth fill. He thinks by them the duke should be distressed by seeming unto every one the same for which each one into the palace came. Behold, Rogero Stout and Brandemart, Presildo, Bradamant, and others mow upon Astolfo set with cruel heart, as to revenge themselves upon their foe. But with his horn the duke them played his part, and brought their lofty stomachs somewhat low. But had not Thorn procured him this exemption, no doubt the duke had died without redemption. For when they heard the strange and fearful blast, they forced were for fear away to run, 
as fearful pigeons fly away aghast when men do ring a bell or shoot a gun the sorcerer himself was not the last that sought by flight the fearful noise to shun yea such it was that neither rat nor mouse durst tarry in the circuit of the house among the horses that did break their bands was rabican of whom before i told who by good hap came to astolfo's hands who was full glad when of him he had hold also rogero's griffith horse there stands fast tied to a chain of beaten gold the duke as by his book he had been taught destroyed quite the house by magic wrought i do not doubt but you can call to mind how good rogero lost this stately beast what time angelica his eyes did blind denying most unkindly his request the horse that soared swifter than the wind went back to atlant whom he loved best by whom he had been of a young one bred and diligently taught and costly fed this english duke was glad of such a prey as one that was to travel greatly bent and in the world was not a better way for him to serve his purpose and intent wherefore he meaneth not to let him stray but takes him as a thing from heaven him sent for long ere this he had of him such proof as well he knew what was for his behoof now being full resolved to take in hand to travel round about the world so wide and visit many a sea and many a land as none had done nor ever should beside one only care his purpose did withstand which caused him yet a little time to bide he doth bethink him oft yet doth not know on whom his rabbicano to bestow he would be loath that such a stately steed should by a peasant be possessed or found and though of him he stood then in no need yet had he care to have him safe and sound in hands of such as would him keep and feed while thus he thought and looked about him round next day a while before the sun was set a champion all in arms unwares he met but first i mean to tell you what became of good rogero and his bradamant who when again unto themselves they came the palace quite destroyed of old atlant each knew and called the other by their name and of all courtesies they were not scant lamenting much that this enchanted palace had hindered them so long such joy and solace the noble maid to show herself as kind as might become a virgin wise and sage doth in plain terms as plain declare her mind as thus that she his love's heat will assuage and unto him herself in wedlock bind and spend with him all her ensuing age if to be christened first he were content and afterwards to ask her friend's consent but he that would not only not refuse to change his life for his beloved's sake but also if the choice were his to choose to lease his life and all the world forsake did answer thus my dear whate'er ensues i will perform whate'er i undertake to be baptized in water or in fire i will consent if it be your desire this said he goes from thence with full intent to take upon him christened state of life which done he most sincerely after meant to ask her of her father for a wife unto an abbey straight their course they bent as in those days were in those places rife where men devout did live with great frugality and yet for strangers kept good hospitality but ere they came to that religious place they met a damsel full of heavy cheer that had with tears bedewed all her face yet in those tears great beauty did appear 
rogero that had ever special grace in courteous acts and speech when she came near doth ask of her what dangers or what fears did move her so to make her shed such tears she thus replies the cause of this my grief is not for fear or danger of mine own but for good will and for compassion chief of one young knight whose name is yet unknown who if he have not great and quick relief is judged into the fire to be thrown so great a fault they say he hath committed that doubt it is it will not be remitted the fault was this there was good will between him and the daughter of the king of spain and lest his love should be descried and seen he finally doth himself a woman feign and went and spake as if he had so been and thus he played to tell the matter plain the maid in show the man indeed so well that in a while he made her belly swell but out alas what can so secret be but out it will when we do least expect for posts have ears and walls have eyes to see dumb beasts and birds have tongues ill to detect first one had found it out then two or three and look how fire doth creep that men neglect so this report from mouth to mouth did spring till at the last it came unto the king the king straight sends a trusty servant thither who making search when they two were in bed found out the troth and took them both together found him a man and found her belly's bed away they carried her i know not whether away unto the prison he was led and must be burned this day or else to-morrow the thought whereof doth move my mind to sorrow this made me purposely to come from thence and not to see one of so comely shape so sharply punished for this small offence as if it were for murder or for rape nor any hope could sink into my sense how possible it were for him to scape and who could see or think without compassion a fine young youth tormented in such fashion twas strange to think how nigh this tale did touch the noble bradamant's most tender heart it seemed she pitied this man's state as much as if her brother had played such a part some cause there was to make her fancy such as afterwards at large i shall impart and straight she makes this motion that they twain might save this woeful youth from being slain rogero much commends her noble mind and to the mourning damsel thus they said we both are to this enterprise inclined if fortune serve we will the young man aid but when they saw that still she mourned and whined tush quoth rogero cease to be afraid tis more than time that we were going hence not tears but force must serve for his defence these comfortable words rogero spake with that his warlike look and manly show did cause her heart of grace forthwith to take yet still she doubts which way were best to go not that she feared the right way to mistake for all the ways she perfectly did know to turn the way she came she was afraid lest in the way they haply might be stayed there are quoth she two ways unto the place of which the tone is easy fair and plain the t'other foul and far the greater space yet at this time the safer of the twain but yet i fear except god send more grace that ere we thither come he may be slain thus stood this damsel still not little amusing between the nearer way and safer choosing Rogero, that was resolute and stout, did ask what reason moved her to persuade them two to take the farther way about, 
and straightway she to them this answer made. Forsooth, said she, the cause that moves my doubt is this. I fear that some will you invade by means that Pinabel, Anselmus' son, hath here of late a custom lewd begun, as namely that whoever that way ride, of what estate soever or degree, must lease their horses first, and then, beside, must of their clothes and raiment spoiled be. Four valiant youths, of strength and courage tried, are sworn to this, so that no he nor she can pass that way without this evil payment, that he must weapons lease, and she her raiment. The custom is as yet but three days old, by Pinabello and his wife devised, who, meeting haply, as I heard it told, a knight, or one in knightly clothes disguised, with whom a woman ugly to behold, and by this couple scorned and despised, this Pinabel the worse head of the quarrel, his wife was spoiled of horse and of apparel. This spite enraged so the woman's mind, that wishing to revenge, not knowing how, yet wrath and folly so her sense doth blind, that straight she makes a foolish solemn vow, and he that was to evil deeds inclined no less than she doth of the same allow. The vow was this, for anger of this foil a thousand others in like sort to spoil. That very night came to that house by chance four valiant knights as ever armor bear, to fight on horse or foot with sword or lance, but few may with the worst of them compare. These four, I say, were first that led this dance by night surprised ere they were aware, both Griffin, Aquilant, and Sansonet, and Guidon Savage, scant a man as yet. These four in show he gently entertained, and makes them friendly countenance and cheer, with courteous speech and friendly manner feigned, as if he loved them well and held them dear. But while secure they in their beds remained, and when sun rising now approached near, he did beset the lodging where they lay, and took their armor and their clothes away, and further bound them in that present place both hand and foot, as if they prisoners were, and ere he did those causeless bonds unlace, he makes them solemnly to vow and swear to keep this order for a twelve-month's space, that whosoever happened to come there, they four endeavor should with all their forces to take away their raiment and their horses. To this by solemn oath are sworn they four, constrained thereto by this their cruel host. And though herewith they were offended sore, yet must they swear for fear of farther cost. Already not so few as twice a score their horses and their furniture have lost, and none as yet so able have been found, but one of these have laid him on the ground. But if some one do hap so strong to be to make his party good with one of those, then straight the order is the other three must him assist. Thus none unconquered goes. Wherefore, if you will be advised by me, tis best to shun this way as I suppose, sith each of these is such as I recited, how great think you will be their force united. But presuppose that you their force withstand, as your great courage makes me think you might. Yet needs it hinder must the cause in hand, and make you tarry hereabout all night. Sith then this case so dangerously doth stand, I would persuade you now to shun this fight, lest, while you in this enterprise remain, the poor young man may fortune to be slain. Hush, quoth Rogero, have no doubt at all. Let us endeavor still to do our best, and then, good hap or ill, fall what may fall, let God and fortune govern all the rest. 
I hope this enterprise I finish shall so well as I shall eke do your request, and there arrive to save him in good time, that should be burned for so small a crime. This said, he gets him on the nearest way, fast by the place where Pinabel doth dwell, and at the bridge they forced were to stay, and straight a man, whose name I know not well, came out in haste, and stand to them doth say, and then begins their order them to tell, persuading them, if they will shun the peril, to yield in peace their horses and apparel. Peace, quoth Rogero, leave thy foolish prating, a tale already known thou dost repeat. Children with bugs and dogs are scared with rating, with me it small avails to brag or threat. I lease but time with thee to stand debating, show me the men that mind to do this feat, my haste is such that long I may not stay. Wherefore, I pray you bid them come away. Lo, here comes one of them, this old man said, and as he spake the word, out came a knight, a tall, strong man, all armed from foot to head. His armor, like a furnace, shined bright. His colors that he ware were white and red. This was the first, and Sansonet he hight, and, for he was a man of mighty strength, two massy spears he brought, of mighty length. The one of these he to Rogero gave, the other to himself he doth reserve. Then each, in hope the victory to have, do spur their steady steeds that will not swerve. Rogero's shield from wounding doth him save, the others did him not so well preserve. The spear both pierced his shield and pricked his arm, and overthrew him to his further harm. You do not sure nor cannot yet forget what of Rogero's shield before I told, that made the fiends of hell with toil to sweat, and shine so bright as none could it behold. No marvel then, though valiant Sansonet, although his hands were strong and heart were bold, could not prevail so strong a shield to purse, of so great force as late I did rehearse. This while was Pinabel approached nigh to Bradamant, and asked of her his name, that in their fight his force so great did try, to overthrow a knight of so great fame. Lo, how the mighty God that sits on high can punish sin when least men look the same. Now Pinabel fell in his enemy's hands, when in his own conceit most safe he stands. It was his hap that self-same horse to ride, which eight months past from Bradamant he stale. Then, when he falsely let the pole to slide at Merlin's cave, if you did mark the tale. But now, when she that traitor vile had spied, that thought by treachery to work her bail, she stepped forthwith between him and his castle, and swears that she with him a pole would wrestle. Look how a fox with dogs and hunters chased, that to come back unto her hold did ween, is utterly discouraged and aghast, when in her way she nets and dogs hath seen. So he, that no such peril did forecast, and seize his foe, stepped him and home between, with word him threatening, and with sword assailing, doth take the wood, his heart and courage failing. Thus, now on flight, his only hope relying, he spurred that horse the chief his trouble bred. No hope of help, and yet for help still crying, for doubt of death almost already dead. Sometime the fact excusing or denying, but she believing not a word he said. None in the castle were of this aware, about Rogero also busied are. This while forth of the gate came the other three, that to this law so solemnly had sworn, 
Among the rest that came was also she that caused this law full of disdain and scorn, and none of these but sooner would agree with horses wild to be in pieces torn than to disdain their honor and good name with any act that might be worthy shame. Wherefore it grieved them to the very gall that more than one at once should one assail, save they were sworn to run together all, if so the first of victory did fail and she uncessantly on them did call what mean you sirs quoth she what do you ail do you forget the cause i brought you hither are you not sworn to take part altogether fie answered guidon what a shame is this let rather me alone my fortune try and if a victory i hap to miss at my returning back then let me die not so quoth she my meaning other is and you i trust will not your word deny I brought you hither for another cause, not now to make new orders and new laws. Thus were they urged by this scornful dame to that which all their hearts abhorred sore, and which they thought to them so great a shame as never like had chanced them before. Also Rogero's words increased the same, upbraiding them and egging more and more, and asking why they made so long delay to take his armor and his horse away and thus in manner forced and by constraint they came all three rogero to invade which act they thought would soar their honour's taint though full account of victory they made rogero at their coming doth not faint as one well used through dangers great to wade and first the worthy olivero's sons with all their force against rogero runs Rogero turned his horse to take the field, with that same staff that lately overthrew stout Sansonet, and with that passing shield that Atlant made by help of hellish crew, that shield whose aid he used very sealed some unexpected danger to eschew. Twice when Alcina's kingdom he forsook, once when the Indian queen from Thork he took. Save these three times, he never used the aid of this his shield, but left it covered still. If he abroad, or if within he stayed, he never left it open by his will. As for these three, he was no more afraid of all their strength, their number, nor their skill, nor made no more account with them to fight than if they had seemed children in his sight. And first he met the younger of the twain that Griffin hight, who had so great a blow as in the saddle he could scant remain, but quite amazed reeled to and fro. He strake Rogero, but it was in vain, for why the stroke fell overthwartly so that quite beside Rogero's shield it slipped, but yet the case it all to tear and ripped. Now when the renting of the silken case in which Rogero used the shield to hide had cast out such a light in each man's face that none of them the force thereof could bide, they fell down all amazed in the place, admit they sit or stand or go or ride. Rogero, with the cause not yet acquainted, did marvel how his foes so soon had fainted but when he once was of the cause aware and how the cover of his shield was rent by means whereof it open lay and bare and then such light unto the lookers sent he looks about where his companions are because forthwith to get him thence he meant i mean his bradamant and that same maid that for the youth did erst demand his aid but his beloved as then he found not where he erst had left her when he went to just and when he plainly saw she was not there and that that happened he could not mistrust he parted thence and with him he doth bear the maid that made to him the suit so just who lay that time amazed with the rest 
with sudden blazing of the light distressed he takes her kirtle and with it doth hide the light that did so dazzle all their eyes that light on which to look none could abide as if two suns had shone at once in skies forthwith himself all malcontent doth ride to have this combat ended in such wise as might imputed be to magic art and not his prowess or his valiant heart now while this thought such passions did him yield that though he had indeed most bravely done yet men would think the glory of the field not by his valiantness to have been won but by the force of that enchanted shield that cast a light more piercing than the sun i say as thus he thought he passed by a large deep well that by the way did lie a well at which the beasts in summer's heat did use their thirsty drought to quench and cool and chew again their undigested meat and walk about the shadows of the pool here did rogero oft these words repeat thou shield that late didst make me such a fool to cause me get a conquest with such shame lie there quoth he with thee go all my blame with that he threw the shield into the well the well was deep the shield of mighty weight that to the bottom suddenly it fell the water over it a monstrous height but lo dame fame the thing abroad doth tell how he because he would not win by slight but by mere value had his target drowned where it should never afterward be found yet many that had heard the strange report of those that dwell thence, some far some nigher to seek the target thither did resort and to have found it out had great desire but it was cast away in such a sort as none unto their purpose did aspire for why the maid that only did behold it and knew which well it was yet never told it but when the knights came to themselves again and were awake and one the other saw that late were vanquished with so little pain as if to him they had been men of straw they wondered much what troubled had their brain and all of them did thence themselves withdraw and all that day they argue and devise how that same light should dazzle so their eyes this while came notice of the woeful fall of pinabel whom bradamant had killed with which they greatly were displeased at all not knowing why or who his blood had spilled his wife and sire that heard what was befall his son her spouse the place with outcries filled and cursed and chafed with too late repentance that none on pinabel had given attendance now when the damsel justly had him slain and ta'en away his horse some time her own she would have turned the way she came again but that the same was unto her unknown to purpose small she travels with great pain to seek it out as after shall be shown for here to stay is my determination and pause a little for my recreation end of book twenty two